construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023 and welcome to the first podcast, the first Flagstick Podcast of 2023, presented this week by a new sponsor, Golf PEI. Uh, Golf Prince Edward Island is a premier golf destination boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country. Uh, With over 400 fairways closer than you can possibly imagine, top-tiered accommodations, exquisite culinary experiences, it's the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. So book those vacations and tee times at golfpei.ca. Um, we're very familiar. Well, let me first let me say welcome, <laughs> welcome. I'm not hosting by myself, as yeah, always. That's... With me is my uh, my buddy Scott McLeod, co-host. How you doing, welcome in, Scott McLeod. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> welcome I, to 2023. I know we're yeah. I know we're sort of we're 11 or 12 days into 2023 now, but this is yeah. the first podcast, and we it don't is. talk that much, but we no. do talk enough. And and I think you are going to get to it, but uh, you know. Obviously, we're excited and happy to have Golf PEI on board. Well, we've Uh, known this was coming, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of these marketing things that happen, you know, within within the company, um, they don't just happen yesterday. Uh, We've been working on this one with uh, Golf PEI, trying to solidify a plan for them. And we've had this plan in place, knowing that they were going to be coming on board as a as a title sponsor of the uh, the podcast, as well as a lot of other things, and um, but they're going to be a title sponsor of the podcast for for a bunch of weeks here. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how many weeks. But uh, with that comes we're we're obviously going to be talking a little bit about mm-hmm. golf PEI and and you having <laughs> lots of family, a little bit uh, of connection with the island, and a yeah, connection a to bit. PEI uh, yeah. and us having been there. Uh, um, I won't say recently, but probably the most recent trip that we've taken together, golf related, in uh, quite some time. Yeah, uh, was got was PEI. And, well, uh, yeah, and I think you know the the big thing here, you know, it's fun. I mean, Sam Sam McPhail, the new executive director down there, is great. Uh, obviously, had a chance to meet up with him there in uh, in August when I was home, as we'll call it, home. <laughs> uh, and I say home for people that maybe are not aware and, you know, there's no reason for them to be, but uh, yeah, both sides of my family have been there for 200 years. So um, yeah, I've got a lot of ties there. It's a special spot for me and definitely, you know, if people need to, you know, if they want to book for this summer, they need to start booking now. And that's yes. sort of the emphasis of everything. But uh, you know, I was, I was excited when we went um, yeah. because well, anytime that I bring somebody there or, you know, has a chance to be there and I'm there with them, uh, it just, there's a sense of pride for me to show off, uh, what's in Prince Edward Island. And I mean, I think the, uh, the ad read in, you know, basically lays it right out there, especially things like culinary experiences as far as, you know, people just come back from there and they're like, man, this place is so laid back. Food was great. People were fantastic, and uh, I think that was your impression as well, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's kind of funny because usually when we take golf excursions, uh, road trips, uh, fam trips, whatever the case may yeah. be, we're usually being, I won't say chaperoned, but but sometimes we're shuttled around or met by people within those tourism organizations to kind of give us the lay of the land and let us know, okay, well, this is this and this is this. Um, in this case, while we did have some support <laughs> yeah. from uh, from people within the golf PEI group, um, you were more or less the the chaperone or the tour guide uh, for me, and yeah. uh, there was really not necessary to have a, a hand holding experience, if you will, with that one. It was, uh, but anyway, we yeah. got we got lots of weeks. Uh, to uh, throw little tidbits in about uh, yeah. about PEI and golf yeah. and PEI, but there will be lots of lots yeah. to talk about. And we've we got some have Sam on at yeah. some point or another within the next bunch of weeks to kind of sure. uh, uh, talk a little bit about uh, yeah. golf and PEI. As and well. we'll have some content as well on flagstick.com for people to have a look at. I've already started shaping a, a few things there for people to look at as they uh, they look at maybe planning their their vacation. Of uh, course, content yeah. on flagstick.com. Yeah, hard to believe. Funny that, eh? Yeah, funny exactly. that. Um, it, it's great to, you know, we had a bunch of weeks off with the podcast, obviously. Yep. Uh, we needed a little rest. You know, the holidays are uh, hustle and bustle. 
Um, but, uh, you know, we're excited to kind of be back and, and starting to have these conversations. We're going to try different things with the, with the podcast, uh, in 2023, um, you know, maybe a little less structured than we were last year, still some obviously structure to it. We want to, there's certain things that we're always going to want to, um, talk about every week. Uh, and there's certain things that we're just going to kind of fly off the cuff and, It'll be whatever we decide. It'll be more of a discussion type podcast, I guess, if you will. And and we'll have some topics that uh, are current and some things that are top of mind for us that we want to talk about. We're just going to banter about them and have some guests on. And um, yeah, we and we appreciate feedback as well. If people, yeah, uh, you know, if people are following us on social uh, or you know dropping in reviews anywhere, it's just mention what you want to hear about, and yeah. you know we'll do that feedback as well, uh, or look for that feedback on on our socials and say, hey, you know what. What do you want? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to hear about? Um, yeah, there's some there's some things that we can we can blend in there that that could be fun. And obviously, right now, you know, it's um, it's the start of the year. People are excited. They're looking forward to you know 2023. Um, you know, it's kind of that turn of the calendar. Golf season is getting closer. You mm-hmm. know, especially for us in in uh, in uh, this part of the country where we're not playing golf right now. Um, but for a lot of people, yeah, they're getting ramped up. PJ tours back on TV. That's, you know, and then, you know, we'll get to it as well. Starting to talk about equipment and everything well, that's happening on that. Exactly. Front. That's the thing. Like, yeah. you know, if, if, if you go through the holiday season and you, you know, there's the whole, holy, holly, jolly, uh, you know, tis the season to be yeah, merry. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if, if December is tis the season to be merry and talking Christmas and, and holiday spirit, uh, then yeah. January is tis the season to talk about golf equipment because, mm-hmm. The end of this month um, is the PGA show, the PGA merchandise show. Now for, for a number of years, it was kind of virtual and then it was back and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still, what is it going to look like, you know, going forward? Obviously we're not there this year. We, I haven't been in a while. You haven't been in a while now too. Yeah. And I've only Um, been to 27 of them. So, you know, yeah. So it's not like, (laughs) it's not like you don't not, not exactly sure what to expect if you did go. No. But, you know, the point is, it's kind of that time when, although it's not like it used to be years and years ago, where the new stuff was held back and released at the PGA show. And we've talked right. about this on on the podcast before. Yeah. But it is kind of that time of year where a lot of the new gear, new equipment, unique products are mm-hmm. are sort of released to the marketplace and discussed. There's a lot of embargoes on stuff right now because... You know, we obviously know about stuff that we can't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and a lot of that new stuff is going to start to be announced over the next couple of weeks leading into well, most, the PGA most, A lot of it already. Yeah. I mean, you know, and not even just leading the show. And that's a lot tied into, you know, the PGA Tour and use on the PGA Tour uh, with the Century Tournament of Champions last week. And then the Sony Open this week was the first full field event. Right. Um, that's really precipitated manufacturers getting out their big stuff as far as the drivers, which is what everybody kind of looks at. And yeah, we've been absolutely hammered this year and in fact you know in speaking with some of the other colleagues and you know people that focus on equipment this has probably been the most intense uh embargo season that we've ever seen uh it's just it's crazy i mean while i was on vacation uh i was still doing (laughs) online pk sessions with several manufacturers recording interviews uh just spending time running through uh product sell sheets uh, there is just a lot going on and, you know, the timing of that just can't be ignored, unfortunately. Uh, and that means as well that, you know, if we get stuff in like, you know, yesterday, for an example, I got an email that, you know, added eight more embargo dates over the next two weeks, as far as the different types of products, I got more stuff this morning while we're recording this show, there is a post going up of a product <laughs> that was released this morning under embargo. And uh, yeah, it just, it just does not stop. And, you know, while manufacturers are, you know, they're considerate as far as realizing and understanding that, you know, we can't get to everything. Um, I can't even imagine what the consumer is thinking right yeah. now either either they're giddy and i said it last night either they're giddy or their heads are spinning at this point yeah i mean i think i, th- I think i fall in the category of my head is spinning because <laughs> you know at the same time um 
you know, what does it all, what does it all mean? Like, how do you, Mm. how do you kind of decipher through all of this new gear that's coming out and, and how much of it is marketing hype? And, you know, it's, it's no disrespect to the industry, no disrespect to the managers and I know our manufacturers. And I know we say that no disrespect because then we're about to disrespect, but I'm not, it's not Um, disrespect, but, but, but the, the thing is the consumer is the one that has to navigate through, right. You know, what was released last year, what was mm-hmm. released the year before, what's coming this year, how yeah. much of a difference is there in the product that's being released this year? How much of a difference is it going to make in their game if they were to abandon the club that they just right. bought last year in favor yeah. of the new model that's out? And it's not like the new models that are coming out don't have significant R&D differences to mm-hmm. them For sure. that that are going to cause some value of improvement to their games. Yeah, It's just how much of that Right. improvement is worth abandoning a four or five hundred dollar club that you bought in 2022 in favor of the new 2023 model the new you know the, the yeah. shiny new toy yeah um yeah it's a trade-off right i mean exactly. like you said you know do you invest eight hundred dollars now and what is the difference between what i have i mean manufacturers are knowing and understanding that product cycles are changing you know mm-hmm. consumers are obviously hanging on to things of different times and we'll get to something we we did a survey this week talking a little yeah. bit about that um but yeah I, I think people have to put it in context and and in talking to uh ryan barath who writes for golf.com is a good friend a canadian and we talk about equipment all the time and the the generations and the cycles of them and so forth people have to understand it's just like a car I mean, new cars mm-hmm. come out every year but you don't buy the new car every year maybe you do Right. Yeah. But again, it's that trade off, you know, yes. Okay. They've gone from a, a six inch screen to a 10 inch screen in yeah. inside and they've added this element and they've changed this or whatever. It's up to the consumer to decide what the trade off is and what the value is of that trade off of whether it's worth it to upgrade. It's not for us or the manufacturer to kind of determine that manufacturer's job is to keep making equipment. They're beholden maybe to shareholders, but their engineers are going to keep pushing and pushing forward. And, you know, we'll have one of those on uh, later on the sh- in the show to talk mm-hmm. about the advances in equipment. Um, so don't get upset that companies keep making new products. Get upset with yourself that either you're not going through a proper fitting process or that you're, you know, just assuming that you're going to, you know, you need it. Um, you don't necessarily need it. Again, back to the car analogy. You're not buying the new car every single year. And these are these are investments. And, and I guarantee you, these clubs are getting better. Um, yes, uh, it's not revolutionary every single year. I will tell you, within the companies, there's definitely some unicorn products every year. And, mm-hmm. and we're talking a little bit about that today with uh, with Tomo Biostead later on, that there's a few products that get in there and, and become, uh, that are really significant. And then on the other side of it, one last thing point before, and then I'd love to hear your comments on this as well, is that, you know, there's a lot of people because they're not able to test the products yet, they're looking online and judging things based on the appearances. And they're like, oh, that's ugly. That's terrible. That's what I mean, you can't tell by looking at, you know, the brand new 2023, you know, Tesla whether you can tell whether you like it aesthetically mm-hmm. or not, but whether it performs better or not, you, you can't really make that judgment. And I've actually got a, a, a column up today on flagstick.com in defense of a particular iron that people have that it's been out on the marketplace and people are chewing up on social media and talking about, oh, this thing's ugly, blah, 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 this, that, or whatever, when they haven't even tested it. And big surprise the number one player in the world actually requested a model within it to test out himself. So that just shows you that sort of dichotomy that's in there. So people want to check that out. So, but what's your overall thoughts on that process? Well, it's like, to me, everybody's rotation, uh, everybody's uh, product cycle within their own golf bag is different. Right. We're not, we're not all on the same schedule. We're not all checking the same timeline. So, you know, for me, I just changed my equipment last year. Right. But it's been a while. I have, yeah, it has been a while. And I have access to the newer stuff on a, probably on a more regular basis than most, Sure. but I didn't change until just recently. Um, The difference between what I'm playing now and what I was playing 
mm-hmm. is not a massive difference because I'm not playing um, I'm not playing a driver that has that is you know fully adjustable everywhere. Right. Um, you know I'm not playing so, but I did go from something that was um, more fixed and less adjustable mm-hmm. to something that does have some adjustability and some mm-hmm. difference to. Yep. what i was playing the driver yeah. i was but playing but was about eight years eight or nine years old but so but it's a fractional advancement exactly right? and i mean it's still a, a car that gets you from a to b uh-huh. it's still a car that gets you from a to b i mean a great a great example is i've i pulled a, a little trick on uh instagram uh last night and and posted a, a a shot screen capture of an iron shot that went you know nice little draw went to whatever 165 170 yards whatever it was with with an eight iron and said hey i'm testing an eight iron and uh what do you think i'm testing and of course the responses back from people were all the different irons that have come out this week well this right. morning i revealed that it was a 2002 uh callaway <laughs> x16 pro series right so you know the golfer can still get it done there may be differences in feel, uh, launch conditions, all sorts of different things with maybe something that's newer, something gets fit. When it comes down to it, if people ask me what I play, the clubs that fit me. Exactly. You know? It's not about, for me, it's not about just saying a brand or whatever. It's like, go get fitted. That's the, the biggest thing. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, and that's that's how I, I I look at it. Is 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 your car analogy is a perfect analogy, even though dollars and cents wise, right? We're talking about a lot difference in a lot right, more difference but, in money, but but, but, but the cycle but, is different. Yeah, and, and I, driver drivers and irons, you know, the price is not cheap anymore. It's not. No. It's not. It's not going in and spending one hundred and fifty bucks. You know, there's a lot of drivers now that are in the eight hundred dollar range. Yes, um, and more. You know, and more so you know once you get custom shafts and stuff in there so it's a significant investment so that's where it's starting to creep closer to the car analogy more than anything exactly okay um let's let's uh let's kind of move ahead because let's keep the conversation going scott but let's let's just take a uh, just let people know um you mentioned uh earlier that we are we are going to have um uh you did an interview with uh tomo bystead is a senior director of product creation uh for tailor-made golf um and you had you had a discussion with him we're going to talk with him about his engineering insight on the new uh stealth two wood products yeah um yeah. including some reactions by uh by some tour players mm-hmm. uh, so we definitely you definitely don't want to miss that that's going to be in our back nine so yeah. after our break uh we're going to come back with that interview with tomo and uh and the rest of the front nine or are, are jumping into the front nine i guess uh, which is uh, presented by uh, Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Uh, the holidays are over, uh, but it doesn't mean that you can't, uh, you know, purchase your green fee packages and game packs and memberships now. Uh, now that the holidays have ended, maybe you got some gift cards or some money money from the loved one hmm. that uh, you can spend. Uh, yep. Head over to MetcalfGolf.com and and do a little shopping there, or or contact them and uh, and pick up some golf because golf is just around the corner, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, I want to continue this conversation uh, surrounding product and whatnot, and yeah, in particular, it, it is product introduction season as we yeah. as we talked about. Uh, companies like Cobra, Strixon, Cleveland Golf, yeah. Ping, TaylorMade. Um, there's a lot of new stuff coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I want to talk just a little bit about some of that stuff ahead of the interview that we're doing in the in okay. the, the back nine. Section. Just one so, last, just one last thing to yeah. wrap up though, in talking about that product cycle. You know, uh, we did do a survey this week on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and that talked about how long you've had your current driver in your bag, and it leads right into your comment. Yep. that we're all on different product cycles. Yes. So I'll just mention it quickly and we'll go from there. I basically uh, offered four options for people, you know, of how long you had your current driver in your bag, less than a year, one to three years, four to five years, at six or more years. It was pretty, pretty split. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't defined one or less. It was basically 21.7% less than a year, one to three years, 38%, four to five years, 18.1%, six or more years, 22 percent. so that's so clear to that see proves, though that, that yeah. the majority yes it's close but for the yeah. most part the majority of people are in the one to three year category that's yeah. almost 40 yeah, yeah, yeah. percent 
of the survey. Yeah. Um, and these are avid golfers. You have yeah. to remember they're avid golfers that are following us on Twitter. Exactly. That's, that's going to skew the result uh, versus, you know, the player that, you know, you just meet up with a guy at the golf course and he's still got his, you know, tailor-made R7 in the bag. Well, that's or, it. Or and, and the driver seems to be that, that, that sexy one, sexy weapon, I it guess, is. if you want to call it that, yeah. because that's the that's the thing that puts you in play. That's the thing that goes three hundred yards. That's well, the, it's the ego. Know, it's the ego club. Yeah, that's right. the that's the yeah. club. And yeah. so that's the one that does not surprise me is in that one to three, yeah. primarily in the one to three category, because I think that that would be the club that's in the rotation mm-hmm. a little bit more often. Yeah, um, I people, know people would driver shop probably more often yes. than they would iron shop. Well, and you think about it, if you go into any golf retail outlet um, yeah. and you walk down the aisles, the thing that's on the end aisle, <laughs> exactly. uh, it, it's, you go down the aisles, all the clubs are down the aisles, the drivers are on the end aisle yeah. or they're in yeah. the power aisles down the yeah. middle with the, the two-year-old model that's, right. that's uh, 30% yeah. off. Yeah. So clearly... The retailers know that the driver is the is the oh, club that the majority yeah. of people are going to change. And we the know most that we've got the retail too. experience to know that we've seen it a million times. Exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. So irons, it's a little different. I mean, technology and irons changes, you know, significantly as well. But for different types of players, that technology mm. does not change as much. Right. So the better player, uh, you know, the 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 scratch golfer that likes the the players club, mm-hmm. um, the technology that goes into the 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 uh, the heads for an iron are not as the technology is not as significantly different no. as it is for the game improvement club where you're trying to right. get into the deeper cavities and the yeah. and the power but channels less, and the weight less ports with, and there's less material to move around right exactly because so you're getting into forged forged clubs and things like I know the clubs that I'm playing now mm-hmm. you know on the lie I, I have a set of uh, Strixon irons yep. uh, and they're they're a forged uh, players mm-hmm. type club like, yep. like for the for the better player even though I suck. But you know, for, <laughs> hey, look, e- ego comes into it when you're buying irons too, and you, you know, if yeah, I have, sure. the, if I have yeah. the cool club, I probably am pretty good, right? Hey, hey, I yeah. always say we buy hope. We don't buy golf equipment. Exactly, we buy hope. Um, but the clubs I was playing before were not really that much different as far no. as the materials yeah. that were in the head, the shaft that I'm using. I mean, I've been fit for the like the, the shaft is this is not the same shaft, but the properties in the yeah. shaft are very similar because that's what fit me five years ago or ten right. or eight years ago. It still fits me now. So yeah. that's not really going to change. Whereas yeah. I've used you know, the same shaft now for 30 31 years. That's crazy, huh? <laughs> eh? It's crazy. Dynamic gold. Dynamic, yeah, exactly. you know, I mean, that's... Dynamic gold X100. And if it still exists and it's still the yeah. right shaft, why yeah. why would you change that? No. You know, no. whereas, you know, we talk about club changes. My 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 youngest son, um, Brandon, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's 16, almost 16 now. Sure. And the clubs that he's using, he loves his clubs, but the clubs that he's using are the same irons mm-hmm. that he was using five years ago. Yeah. Just... A little bit longer well right. here herein lies the problem five years ago brandon was four foot eight mm-hmm. 86 pounds well yeah. brandon's not four foot eight 86 pounds anymore right and he's yeah. significantly stronger so there's no way yeah. there's no way in the world as much as you love those clubs there's no way mm-hmm. in the world that those clubs still fit you and, the, and, that, play, and that plays into fitting right things exactly. things change golfers progress it doesn't matter who they are or they either progress or regress how's that (laughs) we get we get older or we you know we get stronger we change what we're doing as far as how we play so no one and i would tell every single person and i believe me i've tried it i've tried a million different things as far as going through stuff it's impossible for anyone to suggest to you exactly what club that you can play making a general comment. It it just doesn't happen. It's Mm -hmm. an individual thing where the golf club has moving parts, you know, as far as the shaft, whatever you're moving, you have an individual movement. You could have two players that are the exact same club head speed, have a lot of some of the same delivery things. There's still going to be a lot of different variables in there that can change, whether that's a personal preferences or whatever will change what club is better for you. So uh, while you know, we can review a product and tell you what the general characteristics are, like anyone can. If anybody says definitively, oh, this one is better than this one, or this one is better than this one, it's not necessarily the case for you. So you gotta you gotta basically take that with a grain of salt, use it as part of your information, but don't make a definitive decision based on any outside source. 
online, whatever. It doesn't matter if they do robot testing or whatever the case may be. They can tell you certain characteristics, but that doesn't mean it's suited 100% to you. Now, you asked the question or you were just you were brought up the the comment that uh, people are uh, are not able to hold on to or hit try out test the mm, new yes. equipment that's out there yeah. right now and that and that they're judging the value of a product from a photo right so let's let's just let's touch on that for a second okay how much of the purchase decision is based on looks aesthetics because mm-hmm. i i mean i'm I'll, i mean i'm going to be honest with you i don't care if i hit a driver dead straight 450 yard well maybe that's an exaggeration i probably still don't. <laughs> if i hit See? it if i hit one club if i hit it dead straight or yeah. it, it performs well for me if i can't yeah. stand the look of that and i was yeah. i was this way on the on the white uh Driver drivers heads. and yeah. woods for a yeah. very long time when they sure. first came out i i was the naysayer couldn't stand these things i'm like this is stupid yeah. I, yeah. I can't look at this thing the glare mm-hmm. off it the shine i can't hit it Sure. I I and I ended up having one in my bag for six years. Yeah. Um. And I loved it, and I hit it great. Mm-hmm. But I could not for the first little while of I could not get myself past. No matter how yep. well I tested it, because we were testing those at the PJ Merchandise Show sure. uh, years ago. And when I tested it, I could hit this thing great mm-hmm. as long as I had the right shaft and setup and everything. Um. Yep. I could hit this thing great. So how much of that like i couldn't get past it so i would not i would not buy that club mm-hmm. yeah um, you're not alone you're not alone at all know. so when you talk about people looking at oh i'm looking online and 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 this is a this is great looking and this is how much of their buying decisions are based on aesthetics and how much of their too buying much. decisions are going to be based on on too too much unfortunately too much unfortunately and again um but it can play into their performance whether they like it or not you even measured uh, you mentioned as far as reflection mm-hmm. you know people go down they play maybe they play in sunny conditions it was like go you know i don't like chrome wedges i don't like chrome wedges not because their look it's because their functionality for me as far mm-hmm. as that reflection and, and whatever the case may be it definitely plays into it but that still plays into ego a fair bit mm-hmm. uh, ego of what's in your bag for someone seeing it yes it's aesthetics it's your money your choice you get mm-hmm. to choose 100%. but you have to also understand that if you're you're making the trade-off so if you look in there and if that club performed better for you but you don't like the look of it so you won't buy it that's your choice mm-hmm. but yes that does play into the decision certainly i'm just saying when people look at it from an aesthetic standpoint it's they're perfectly within their rights to say i couldn't play that i yeah. I, I don't want to play that but whether whether not correct is to say that's a terrible golf club. Yeah, that's a terrible golf club. Yeah, and, and, and I mean without actually, there's just no way of knowing. How do you know it, if it's terrible unless it? you hit it? I mean, it's right. It's, I mean, you can't you say took... that's a terrible car if you've never right. driven it. It yeah, may be so a terrible if... looking car to yeah. you. Well, imagine if you were a golfer in the, or somebody living in the 1920s. And you were presented with a slate of golf clubs from 2020, you would think these things were from space, right? You're like, oh, that's not a golf club or whatever. I mean, things change as far as progressions, technologies. I mean, you know, last year alone, and you know, if we looked at the, you know, the tailor-made stealth and we saw that red face, you know, people were like, whoa, you know, that's whatever. A year later, I I don't hear people yakking about the face. No. You know, um, no. so yeah, so it, it, it's definitely a part of it as far as the aesthetics and, and people looking at it, but they shouldn't judge performance based on the aesthetics. No, definitely not. that That's that it. we will agree on. Yeah, and I, th- I think most people would have to agree with that. Um, okay, uh, just uh, um, I, I like I like the fact that we have this conversation going here, but you know, there yeah. are a couple of little things that 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 we just want to. Sure. Delve into Dive really into. quickly. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo uh, is returning this year to and uh, we'll call it an in person golf show. Yeah. Uh, just finished my conversation this week with uh, Greg Chambers uh, from the National Golf Course Owners Association, who's uh, the organizer, operator, show uh, show manager, um, and yep. uh, and uh, solidified that that we will 
have a booth at the golf expo this year. We will be there in person in attendance, uh, you know, there to, to shake some hands and have some conversations, uh, you know, as we used to, um, yep. obviously since things are a little different with flagstick now that we don't have a, a print publication, we're not going to be there passing out print magazines right. that I know of yet. Um, but uh, we will be there to to talk with you about all things flagstick and all things golf, yep. um, you know, and uh, if you have any questions or whatever about the podcast anything. or tournaments yeah. or anything like that, we'll exactly. talk about our tournaments and stuff. It just we'll have a presence. Yep. Let's just say that. And in talking with Greg, seems like a lot of the golf courses from the area are going to be returning. Uh, the Canadian golf, uh, uh, Canadian golf pro shop online will be there with the big retail so we're kind of getting back to the norm a little bit in that respect. Um, my understanding is that the show floor is going to be a tad bit smaller, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, um, I think they had a lot of extra dead space in the past just yeah, around the exactly. outside. They're going to yeah. tighten things up and make it nice and yeah. cozy. And uh, they're still ironing out the details on what seminars are going to be on the stage and what activities are going to be happening. But um, stay tuned. Uh, pay attention to flagstick.com pay attention to this yep. podcast we'll have greg on a little closer to the expo which is march sure. 3rd and 4th uh back at the ey center and uh, we'll have him on to talk about the expo a little bit too sounds good um okay um let's say scott uh do we want to do we want to take a break uh and then come back with uh with tomo and then kind of have a little wrap-up discussion about that yeah, when we're done we- yeah, because we can dig into, you know, more specific product introductions and on, you know, maybe next week or whatever. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's lots still of stuff coming out or whatever. now and the end of the month. But, oh, yeah, for sure. So we have lots of time to talk about those commentaries, uh, lots of time as well to talk about things like setting golf goals and things like that for yes. 2023. Uh, we've got some content coming up related to that, but maybe we'll dedicate some show time to that in the future. Yeah. So, so, yeah, let's take a break and uh, and come back with Tomo. I think people will really enjoy that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Okay, uh, stay with us. Hope you've enjoyed the first, uh, the front nine. Uh, but uh, stay with us. Don't go away. We're going to come back with the bo- the back nine and our interview with uh, Tomo Bystead from TaylorMade Golf. Uh, stay there. We'll be right back. When you golf on Prince Edward Island, there are over 400 fairways closer than you can imagine. Not to mention countless miles of pristine beaches and a rich world-class culinary experience. So get here fast, then take it slow and play around on island time. Golf Prince Edward Island. All right, we are back here on the Flagstick Podcast with uh, your host, Jeff Botter, and your other host, Scott McLeod. Um, now we, uh, as we promised, uh, we have, uh, a really cool interview, uh, that Scott set up and, and, uh, and did that we're going to play for you now, uh, with Tomo Bystead, uh, from TaylorMade Golf. And, and he is going to, uh, take a deep look into the new TaylorMade Stealth 2 Drivers, Fairways, and Hybrids. Um, Scott, is there anything more that anybody needs to know about this interview before we go ahead with it? Do you want to set anything up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically just to give some context of, uh, to it, uh, I did some testing. Uh, we mentioned that on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I couldn't give the details at that time, but I was updating some <laughs> testing of the new uh, TaylorMade product and then, uh, you know, jumped on a Zoom call with Tomo, who uh, is the director of product creation for TaylorMade. He's a guy who's been with the company for a long time, uh, been involved with a lot of their design projects. Uh, and I think what people will see in this interview that um, this is not about marketing hype or anything like that. You're not going to hear a lot of of, you know buzzwords and things uh tomo's tomo's a design guy and you know he's he's a brilliant guy and you know it's really important to him to create products that are you know better and uh I th- it's always interesting to sit down with him and hear the discussion points hear what's going into these designs because you know they're not easy to pull off they are definitely big engineering feats and at the same time get the reaction and and he gets excited about this too of what the tour players think when they come to the photo shoot that gets done quite some time ago when they get the clubs in their hands the final versions for the first time so uh that's pretty much it uh, i think uh people you know if you have any 
questions about what's happening with Tomo, then, uh, you know, just pass them along. But uh, great insight here really gives you uh, a different look uh, to the new products, the new TaylorMade Stealth 2 uh, Carbon Woods. All right. And with that, here's uh, Scott McLeod's interview with uh, TaylorMade Golf's uh, Tomo Bystead. All right, we're joined today by Tomo Bystead, a familiar face for Flagstick followers, obviously the uh, Senior Product Director uh, at TaylorMade Golf. And today we're going to talk about Carbonwood, the next evolution of Carbonwood. You know, you joined us last year to talk about these uh, groundbreaking products, a whole different look, a whole different material that you're making use of in the face of your uh, woods. Um, welcome back. And, uh, you. you know, let's get to it. Um, stealth 2. Um, you, you had last year, uh, a product that was groundbreaking that took a long time to develop as, as we talked about, but that obviously set you up for where you were going to go next. Uh, what are you most excited about in this Dell two product? Yeah. Um, Scott, thanks for having me. I, I definitely, um, kind of feel a lot of excitement about next year. The team has done an incredible job obviously to bring a, a 20 year in the making technology to the market in 2022. And now in 2023, we're, we're feeling like there's a lot of runway to make this product even better. And, and, you know, the, the crazy thing is when you, when you make something amazing and, and new and that's so different and, and our company has obviously invested in this technology in a big way um, all around our supply chain, and everything else um, it, it does open up new opportunities. We, you know, we talked about this last year in terms of, you know, seeing a little bit of a ceiling with titanium or where we could go with the face technology and the face speed and forgiveness. Um, and so we kind of jumped to, the, to a new track with, with the carbon faces. And now going into the, to the second year of that, we're unlocking all this additional performance. And that's really the exciting part about this is, you know, had we kind of kept going with Ty, I don't think we would have seen opportunities like we're seeing now with Stealth 2. Yeah, I mean, in hitting the product and having a look at the details of it uh, a few weeks back, um, one thing that really stood out to me is the fact that you're making such an advancement in the weight of the face and how much lighter got. I mean, just having that face in your hand, you can barely feel it. Um, there's obviously significant advantages there of what you can do with the mass that you've displaced there, but also in creating a different shape within that face to create different performance characteristics. Yeah, so the new face is really, um, again, based on a lot of learnings of the first version of the face. And one of the things that, you know, you have to do when you launch a f the first thing of anything new is, is to make sure it's really reliable, it's durable, um, it holds up to the scrutiny of, of everyone who's going to be using the product. Uh, and part of that kind of compromise, if you will, is that you're maybe not extracting every ounce of performance you can out of it to get that done. So for generation two, we had this opportunity to, to, like you said, make the face even lighter, but more than that, really focus on the forgiveness aspect of the face of saying, okay, we've delivered this incredible ball speed. Um, can we now spread that over a larger area of the face? And so the difference that you're feeling in terms of the weight and obviously the profile is really about making the edges thinner, right? And, and improving off-center ball speed while keeping obviously the center face conforming and, and within the rules. So that's been really the advancement of the face. And obviously it builds into the bigger story about sort of the, the goal of our team, which was to deliver more forgiveness holistically in this product. Yeah, and you've got that really across the product line in the drivers, which there's three drivers. Obviously, people will be familiar with the Plus, the Standard, and then the HD, which I, I think is an intriguing line, especially for the average golfer and the performance benefits that they can probably find within that. Yeah, the HD for us, um, you know, this is an interesting product for us as well, because we along with sort of the work we did on the driver. And obviously in the driver, there's a bunch of new stuff in the construction and, you know, you, you see it year and year, you can see the differences right away in terms of how much mass we've saved with the additional carbon. And within that, the HD line offered us a new opportunity to really max out the forgiveness. And, you know, going into 2022 last year, we did not have uh, an HD Fairwood, we did not have an HD uh, rescue product. Uh, mostly because those products weren't ready to go at that time. We, we were still working on trying to extract sort of this next level of performance. And especially when you look at the fairway wood, you'll notice just a, a totally different approach to the product. You know, you'll notice it obviously with the shaping of it, but internally have we weighted that product? It's got incredible MOI. It's the highest MOI product we've ever tested here internally at TaylorMade. 
Um, and it's certainly the most forgiving fairy wood that we have ever made from an MOI stability standpoint. It's also super easy to launch. So that product, I think, to your point about the average golfer, it's going to be a game changer for that player. And especially with fairy woods being such a hard club to hit. Um, in general, this is going to really change it for a lot of people. And I think just in general, having the HD family across the entire bag um, is also going to make that, I think, seem like a more viable option for a lot of people and something that, you know, if you get the HD driver and you, you've been a draw driver person in the past, well, now you can get a fairway, you can mm -hmm. get hybrids and you can get a set of irons that all sort of perform with the similar goals in mind. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I labeled the, uh, the HD product, especially starting with that fairway. And there's two fairways that I think are real unicorns that I think will get a lot of people's attention. You know, that HD fairway, I guess, 200, cubic centimeters, a little larger profile, uh, shallower, as you said, super, super stable. Um, you know, we get so many golfers that, you know, look down at a fairway wood and they look at it as being challenging to hit, but that one just seems, you know, super easy. You look down and you're not scared of it, especially after you hit it itself yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the, the thing there is, it's, it's really funny because we, when you set out to prove a concept in terms of like performance, you're trying to make a super forgiving fairwood. A lot of times you start with sort of, you know, no rules. There's like, just do whatever makes this club the most forgiving. But a lot of times you end up with a club, but maybe that doesn't look good. Right. Like <laughs> we know that yeah. golf clubs are such an art and science to it. They have to look right when you set it down behind the ball. And so a lot of it was obviously getting the technology right, but also making it look good. We, one of the goals was if you're a scratch golfer, you're a tour player, you should be able to play this product from a look standpoint. You should be able to put that down behind the ball and go, I could totally use this product. And if it performs the way I want it to, I would play it kind of thing. So, you know, it's a club that has draw bias, has easy launch, but it looks good behind the ball. It sits square. Um, the profile is bigger, but it's not, again, ungainly mm -hmm. looking. Uh, and we put that product in front of tour players. We had Scotty Scheffler commented to me when we uh, had a tour shoot uh, a couple months ago you know, he was mentioning that, you know, if, he, if this performed for me in terms of spin and launch, he would play it. He was like, I love the confidence that I would get from looking at that behind the ball. And so to your point about it being a unicorn, it does strike a, a, a unique balance in that way of, of kind of being um, acceptable visually and, and, and looks nice behind the ball, but also have that incredible forgiveness built in. Yeah, and uh, one of the unicorns, the other one that I mentioned in that bunch, which I'm very interested actually to hear what your tour players thought of it. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, being with a number of media colleagues and going and testing this product, it definitely was the one everyone was talking about. And the fact that the, uh, the Stealth 2 Plus Fairway uh, with this massive 50 gram cartridge on the bottom that allows you to transform the club into a different club without changing the look of it. Um, the versatility of it was unbelievable. And first off, uh, before we get in the engineering of it, maybe a little bit on tour player reaction to this, because I can imagine, you know, for players that are wanting the same look, but maybe conditions change and uh, courses change, their needs change all the time as they move from venue to venue. There's some real possibilities here within this golf club. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, 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 possibilities are almost endless with this product and one of the things that we wanted to deliver was just the maximum amount of versatility the maximum amount of options to fit to gap your clubs um to adapt to conditions i mean all these things is what this club can do incredibly well um and you were asking about the tour feedback when we showed this um to our tour players when we do our content shoot every year um i would say this was the number one product that people were excited about trying and hitting and playing next year, uh, playing uh, uh, as their next fairywood. And, and I think, you know, the reason for that is when you look at tour players, they, you know, with a driver, for example, they're all looking for kind of the same thing, you know, distance, consistency of spin, you know, the right look behind the ball. But with fairwoods, everyone's looking for some different things. You know, some people wanted to launch low with spin, you know, hit a yardage, you know, people that, that come to mind there would be people like Rory or, or DJ, you know, they have a certain gapping in mind between their driver. And then you get guys like Colin Morikawa who, who uses this three wood very effectively off the tee and really wants to get the maximum distance out of it because he uses it in a lot of par fours and wants to hit it straight, but wants to maximize how much he's getting out of it. So with that in mind, you know, you get these tour players and, and a lot of times you bring in a great fairy wood, it doesn't really work for everyone. You know, right. it, a Stealth Plus is a good example of a club that's extremely long, but it's also very low spin. 
Um, it's, it's a great distance club for off the tee, but some players might want something that lands softer on the green if you hit it into par fives, um, things like that. So with this club, you know, the tour players immediately could see the benefits, you know, and, and I also think about Tiger Woods is a good example of a player who in the past has looked for a bit more spin in his fairway woods. If you look at it, so the stuff that he's been playing, the M5s, the M3s were a couple of his favorites. Those all spun a bit more than our more modern ones in the Sim and the Stealth family of fairway woods. So this for him immediately resonated in terms of, okay, now I can get kind of the look, the loft, the launch I want, and I can dial in that spin basically independently of those variables, right? Uh, and then on top of that, you say, okay, you get a three wood that you like. Now you can gap the five wood exactly to where you need that to be, you know, compared to maybe your longest iron or where your uh, hybrids are. So it was it was really well received, honestly, Scott. And one of the things that that we also did on this, we, we, we improved the shaping a little bit too. We took some feedback on the current stealth and the Sim 2s and kind of dialed in the shaping a little bit. And they just loved how this looked behind the ball. It sits very low to the ground. It's got a bit of face height again, so it's not too intimidating to hit off the tee. Um, but again, having that versatility of kind of low launch, low spin to higher launch, more spin and, and everything in between is, is, is really cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat just to to play around with the different settings and and realize that it you know it sort of went from that rocket you know hit it off the tee kind of deal that you know as you said uh, a Morikawa would go to versus something that's a like the HL. Well, you know you can all of a sudden create that within the same golf club. Uh, I can imagine though. I mean, with a fifty gram cartridge that's in there and the, the way it works, there was a lot of extra challenges in producing this. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy all of a sudden from a you know cost perspective engine perspective but why were you guys willing to kind of take on that challenge uh, i guess more than anything yeah we you know one of the nice things about the tie fairway platform for us is you know titanium is you know relatively rarely used in fairway woods most companies do steel fairway woods and we've obviously done a lot of steel fairway woods the titanium platform you know introduces a lot of new challenges it's a lot different to work with it frees up so much mass that you have to like figure out how to put that mass but then it's also challenging for durability to sound and all those other things and I think for us, the reason why we were able to kind of do this in 2023 was we had this kind of runway of, we started with the M5, which was a pretty conservative effort to try to get Ty basically working in a fairy wood. Then we got into the Sims and then obviously Stealth Plus this year, where we really focused on creating very low CG for incredible launch conditions. And then we gradually added some more forgiveness into the product um, and really by having that experience of working essentially for four plus years on this technology of tie and steel, com that combination, uh, we felt like we could take the leap. And obviously this technology of the sliding weight has been in, in development for many years for us. And you were correct in saying that this is a, a very difficult kind of engineering and production challenge. We definitely had uh, a lot more work that had to be done on this compared to a lot of the other products that we developed for this, for this uh, launch. And uh, the durability, the sound, when you have that much weight that's basically loose and that doesn't, at impact, doesn't want to necessarily go with the rest of the club, it presents a lot of challenges. And I can't tell you the hours that we spent down in the lab and our engineers, you know, durability testing, sound testing, bringing in countless prototypes of different shapes, weights, different amounts of mass and, and all those things to get to the point where we're at. And, and honestly, they've done an incredible job to to make this happen for us because it was kind of a, it was a bit of a dream here a couple of years ago of like, can we do this? And again, when the weights front to back like that, it, it, it wants to keep moving at impact. It wants to push forward in the head and the head. And it, and it, like I said, it's a very tough engineering challenge. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that play into that. I mean, people maybe don't even understand how it even affects things like acoustics as far Correct. as moving things yeah. around. So um, again, not something a lot of people think of, but you know, you guys have managed to pull it off, which I thought was uh, incredible. And, you know, I think a lot of people, if they go out and they test this, they'll see the versatility and, you know, that's not even using the loft sleeve and changing that around on top right. of that to create even more variation. So uh, kudos to you guys uh, for doing that. Uh, last bit then uh, moving to the rescues obviously mm -hmm. as you said having an hd option in there um you know kind of kind of what's your feel as far as that market because obviously it's still a growing market uh -huh. uh, it's something that's well established but you know where do you advance uh you know a rescue where, where do you guys feel that you can go forward with a rescue yeah it's uh you know the rescue category is really interesting because 
you know, as you move into the sort of transition from driver into irons, uh, the market becomes more and more varied in terms of the types of golfers and the usage and, and what kind of shots you're trying to hit. Um, like I said earlier, the driver is, is a little bit more one-dimensional. And then as you get into irons, obviously there's a million different ways to slice irons. And that's where we have everything from HDs all the way to muscle backs. And so rescue is really becoming that tr transitional category where there's need for a little bit more variation in, in sort of head styling, head size, uh, types of ground interaction that you see with players, for example, some people like to take divots with their with their hybrids. Some people obviously have more of a sweeping swing, like a fairway wood. Um, and then the other part of it is sort of: Are you replacing irons with this? Are you are you going deeper down into the set? And that's where you're going to see some of these higher lofts. The the six and the sevens are going to be in play, where people are removing five and six irons from their from their iron sets. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, for the better player, we definitely see, you know, that kind of. Um, bridge between kind of a three wood five wood or a three hybrid like that's a very interesting intersection some people like it i i personally see a lot of golfers playing a three hybrid instead of a three iron that sort of better lower handicap player because of the consistency on the miss hits. again if you miss a three iron a lot of times it's going to come up short on a par three if it's a long par three uh, whereas the hybrid's a little more forgiving in that you hit it low in the face because of that low CG, it's still going to get there. It might have a different ball flight than you intended, but it's probably going to get there distance wise. And so it just gives you that little bit of buffer. And so what we're trying to do with this line of stealth, uh, two, uh, rescues is really to deliver that variation in performance. The plus model is going to be that more workable, that player takes a bit of a divot, um, kind of a bit of a taller face. So just kind of, again, transitioning a little bit more seamlessly with a long iron, maybe like a 770 long iron or 790. And then as you go into the core model, that's really going to be your kind of all-rounder. You know, we're going to see these in play on tour, but we're also going to see them in a lot of bags for 20 handicappers. So an easy launch is our longest product. It goes really far. So again, as you're trying to replace longer, uh, higher lofted fairways or irons, this is going to be a great option there. And then, of course, the HD is going to really build on the technology that we put in the fairway wood. It's a very uh, low-profile club, super easy to launch, very, very forgiving on mess hits. And that's really, again, going to try to make sure that that person that, struggles with maybe a five or a four or a six iron even can have a hybrid that just is easier to play um and maintains that gapping too so we, we've kind of tweaked the lofts a little bit in those hds as well where the gapping is a little bit wider to allow for like a meaningful difference between a five and a six hybrid for example all right last question uh whether you want to answer it or not we've mm -hmm. talked about it a little bit and this is a curiosity for a lot of consumers is there ever going to be a need or will you look at doing a carbon face in a fairway wood or a hybrid um uh, it's very unlikely that it will happen and i say that because you know it's obviously it's a it's a um it's a technology platform that we have explored i mean this was we've explored this 15 years ago plus of course um and the benefit just isn't there scott so when you think about why we're getting the, the speed benefit in the drivers because we're replacing you know a heavier material with a lighter one a less dense material and we're making that collision more efficient, essentially, with the ball. When you're replacing a fairwood or, or a hybrid face, the faces are so much smaller to start with, so much lighter to start with. And once you've got the ledge that the face sits on, you're, you've kind of lost your mass savings at that point. So it's really, and obviously this extra cost and complexity involved in making carbon face. So right now on the horizon, unless there's some need for some massive faces in a fairway wood, um, it's probably not going to happen. Um, and that that's my, my kind of, prognostication into the future i would say is don't hold your breath all right fair enough fair enough well thanks tomo uh, always good to catch up great new products um very curious about the consumer feedback i think they're going to be very interested in uh, what they see here and what they find there and kudos to your team for creating another great line right thanks scott appreciate it wow yeah, I guess I guess going on there. I guess, right? wow, I guess wow is really the only way to describe it. And here, yeah. here's the cool thing about what yeah. we do. Okay, here's the cool thing for 26 plus years. Yeah, um, we are we are blessed with having the opportunity to be able to have these conversations mm -hmm. with people that are so um, dedicated and ingrained in the golf industry, um, and not just you know a guy like Tomo 
there's hundreds of people that we have crossed paths with and had the opportunity to sit down and talk with and that yeah. may never have been on camera because we're talking back you know back in the late 1900 late 1990s 1900s technically it is not that old <laughs> yeah technically yes it is the late 1900s but i'm referring more to like the late 1990s um yeah. but we've had these conversations and we're so fortunate to be able yeah. to sit down and have these discussions mm whether they're recorded or whether they're interviews yep. or just ad hoc conversations, just like this one. And that's really mm -hmm. what this was. It's just another one of those sit down conversations with somebody in the industry with that yep. has insight and, and uh, knowledge and is, is providing all of that to um, our audience. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be on a different platform, but we're, it, it's so cool that we're able yep. to do that. And that was, that was at a, just an awesome interview. Yeah, I mean, Tomo, Tomo's great. I mean, got to spend a, a fair amount of time with him uh, in person. I've spent some time with him out at the TaylorMade facility. Uh, I played golf with him in, in Florida. He's a great player as well. So, you know, there's a good level of respect and, and kind of interest. So it feels a little bit less about, you know, you see these reporters doing, you know, movie junket interviews with people, and obviously they've never met them before or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's a different rapport in dealing with these industry people. And we're fortunate to have that. And, you know, no disrespect, disrespect to maybe people that are starting out uh, in the industry right now. They don't have that same relationship with these no. designers, these people within these companies. So as a result of it, there's a trust factor there. And they're able to, they're able to share or want to share more with us than maybe they would some other people, you know, people they don't know because they just don't have that, that relationship yeah. with them. So, um, yeah, so we're privileged to have that. You know, it, it's neat for sure as well to see his level of excitement in regards to specific products. You heard his enthusiasm there for the, uh, you know, for the stealth to uh, the the plus fairway wood, uh, the uniqueness of that, you know, the HD fairway wood. I mean, as I said in the interview, the unicorn products that were in, in that and, you know, we spotted that right away, or at least yeah. I did. I was looking at them and going, oh, man, that's that's neat. That's neat. That's something really different. And, you know he knows how hard those projects were to create mm -hmm. uh, and what went into that. And I think that's what I think people need to appreciate a little bit more, not just judging it as we talked about in the, um, you know, in the front nine, you know, just looking at something and dismissing it and saying, Oh, that's the same club. They just painted a different color. Well, and therein, therein lies what we talked about where we said, you know, what's the difference from one year to the next. Right. You yeah. know, so when you're looking at, okay, the stealth just came out. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was the the yep. the the big thing. Stealth, the red face, the carbon sure. wood age, all that yep. kind of stuff. Okay, that's cool. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. That's sexy. Um, now there's a stealth two coming out. Yep. Okay, well, whoop de doo. Yeah. There's a stealth two. It's yep. basically just some new paint and some logos and yeah, and that's uh -uh. the perception but by some people. Exactly, yeah. which is why doing interviews like this and getting information out like this from the person who actually created the product. Yeah. It's like okay. It's yeah. not yeah. just a different uh uh version with some fresh paint and logos. It's right. there is some yeah. significant differences too. Yeah the stealth two versus the original yep. stealth. Uh, and so we appreciate the fact that people will look at it and go, okay, well, they're biased. Of course they're biased. They, they invented the product. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but you know, they're not, he's not jumping on this podcast to no. sell it to you. He, he's on this podcast because as an engineer, he, and a designer, he's got the pride in making the changes in the design and seeing the significance of that, whether it's testing it with Scotty Scheffler or Rory McIlroy or, you know, whoever the play is on the tour, the best players in the world, but also knowing how that's going to impact, you know, the average player that's out there as well and what it can do more for them. And that's what he's trying to do every single year. I mean, this is a guy I've been to his office. I mean, he loves products. I mean, whether it's, you know, Jordan shoes or whatever. I mean, this mm -hmm. guy is, he lives and breathes design and wants things to be better. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth take it for whatever bias that you think is there. But, you know, I, I think there's some incredible information there and I hope people really appreciated that, enjoyed it and, uh, you know, appreciate the effort to get that interview as well. Well, and here's the thing this is the kind of thing, as we said off the top of the show, this is the kind of thing that we're going to try to do more of in 2023. We're going to have try to have more of these interviews and more of yep. these information uh, uh, snippets that we put into the show 
you know, rather not not that listening to you and I talk about something for for 30 (laughs) to 45 minutes is not, you know, invigorating and wonderful, because frankly, let's be honest with ourselves. It's nice to hear ourselves talk. (laughs) <laughs> but it's also nice to hear other yeah. people talk uh, and uh, that might know a little bit more than, uh, well, at least than I do um, about <laughs> certain products. And yes, there are, when you look at the, the the manufacturers, yes, we are a business and there is marketing dollars that, you know, we're always looking, you know, to generate revenue. Yeah, but, for sure. But those, those, that does not influence um no you know, what we're bringing on and putting on this show. Yeah. If if anything, we're very particular about who we do business with too. And it, this yeah. is something that I think over after 20 some odd years that people should realize by now, yeah. Yeah. we don't just take every nickel that comes our way. I've refused more advertising than you can possibly imagine because I have an issue with something and I'm not, yeah. you know, the type of person that just takes the dollar because the dollar's there to take. Um, integrity relationships is very important to us. Mm-hmm. And these relationships that we have with companies like TaylorMade, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Ping and well, Cobra, there's a, and there's a level these of, are long, yeah. long-term, yeah. long-built relationships. And there's a level have. of a mutual respect in there and knowing and understanding that, you know, we're, we're agnostic, you know, when it comes to different things. And I, I always so. look at them at that way, whether it was back in the retail days or, you know, as a golf professional or whatever, the whole goal is to give people the best information possible. It's not to give them biased information. Whether I like something or not for myself, mm-hmm. that has no bearing on whatever opinion that I give people or shouldn't because it's about them. So the same thing here, we're sharing things here because you know we want to, we believe in whatever you know that we're talking about. And you know, it's not a case of just saying, you know, and and, and again, I'll go back to I, I saw something recently where uh, you know uh, somebody did a deal with something. They all of a sudden go from oh, this is the best to this is the best overnight. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, things can change. I get that and respect yeah. that. But if the only thing that changed was who was putting a dollar in their pocket, then that's not really a valued opinion. And that's disrespecting the audience. Yeah, and, and, right? uh, and God's honest truth. If you, if you ask Scott or I about a product and yeah. we truly do believe that the product is garbage, yeah. we're going to tell you that the product yeah. is garbage. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If it, you know, if we like it, we're going to tell you we like it. And we're going to tell you why we like it. Right, we're not going exactly. to tell you why you should buy it. We're going yeah. to tell you why we like it. Yeah. Um, and if we don't like it, we're going to tell you why we don't like it, not why you shouldn't buy it. So right. it's because that's your choice in the end. Exactly. At the end yeah. of the day, yeah. what we like or don't like is irrelevant. But yeah. the information that we have to provide to you about something yeah. is relevant. And, and, and that's and what, you know, and you'll see that as we go into talking about even like Prince Edward Island, you know, it's, we love PEI. I've got a certain bias and things towards it, but you know, it's not my decision whether you're going to go there or not. No. Right. But you know, we're here to, you know, we, they're a sponsor. We love having them as a sponsor. Um, we're going to showcase the attributes and then it's up to you to decide whether you go, um, whether, I believe that's going to be attractive to you or not. Well, and that's um, the thing. Like my experience, my experience going there was a positive one. Everything right. about it was a positive one. There was yeah. nothing negative about my experience there. Except so for the uh, cup, the cup of water at my mom's house, but that's different. But <laughs> let's just say there was no coffee in the coffee. Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, that's let's keep yeah, it real. Well, when, come on, I can throw your mom under the bus. <laughs> Uh, sorry mom <laughs> he just did that he he did. really just did that i did that <laughs> now the surf and turf was outstanding so we'll overlook yeah. the uh yeah, we'll overlook the uh, the water <laughs> and the cup thing but but that's my point is right yeah there's nothing negative there's nothing negative for me to say about yeah about the experience from the time that we touched down sure. to the time that yeah. we left so i can't give you a negative opinion yeah. your opinion if you do the same trip, you might yeah. find something negative and have something negative to say. Well, that's your opinion. I right. I can't yeah. help you there. Yeah, and and, we, and we've been that same way for many many years. I mean, I can still remember doing a road trip for a particular destination. We can talk about it later or whatever. But it was just a, a road trip for a particular thing. Wrote a story about it. There was a couple of really awkward, weird holes on the one golf course because they had adjusted it to fit in some housing. And I mentioned right in the story. 
you might find the architecture as you go through those couple holes are kind of unusual. That was in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I will tell you that destination reached out and said, Hey, is there any way you can soften that in your story? And I said, no, <laughs> I can't. That, that is fact. And then it's up to people to judge it. But that's my opinion based on going there and experiencing that. So we'll always be honest with you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cape Cod. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, it was another trip we took to, uh, I think it was when we played the uh, the course at NC State. Oh, yeah. You remember that it was an Arnold Palmer design golf oh, course. The Lonnie, I think. Do you remember the Lonnie, no, yeah, Lonnie, Lonnie Pool? Lonnie, Lonnie Pool, yeah. And there was, a little, there was a little par three that seemed like it was just kind of, they, they created 17 holes and then realized they hadn't done 18, and they figured they tried to figure out a way to slam a par three in between yeah. the cart paths of, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. a decent par three and everything, but yeah. the, it, was, it was more the routing yeah. than the, it wasn't the hole. Yeah. It was the routing of the hole. It's like, oh. What, um, I, what, what I always kind of look like something was forgotten. Yeah. But I, what I always think is funny about that, and, and you'll see it sometimes within manufacturer or something as well. It, it can happen with anything in the, in the golf industry is that, you know, you people may bring criticism forward mm-hmm. and they'll go, no, 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 no. And they would try to defend it. And then three years later, they blow up that hole and redesign <laughs> redesign it and don't admit the mistake. Right? Exactly. And, exactly. And, don't, and don't apologize to no. the people that were critical of it. So, no, no. Um, but the yeah. reason for changing it was because they knew exactly what the problem was right. and they knew exactly. exactly where the criticism yeah. was coming from. Right. It just took it was them valid. a while to figure it out. And and yeah. then they just kind of silently or, <laughs> or loudly fix it without taking any into account uh, why they yeah. did that so exactly crazy um okay great show uh it's for the that. first one back it was awesome great interview with uh with uh, tomo bystead so we really do want to thank him for taking the time to sit down with you and uh and uh giving some insight and a little bit more of an in-depth look into the new uh yeah, stealth 2 product yeah we should thank our back nine sponsor as well for for supporting that Yes, yes, true. Sorry, our back nine sponsor uh, is uh, Golf Sim Gurus. Um, give me some time to kind of work back into it, but Golf Sim Gurus, <laughs> uh, obviously, if you're looking to build, uh, put a, a simulator in your own home, yep. uh, perfect person to talk to is Andy McWilliams at Golf Sim Gurus, uh, golfsimgurus.ca. So, um, again, great show. Um Obviously, we want to thank. Uh, we do want to thank our sponsors this week, uh, Metcalf Golf Club and the aforementioned Golf Sim Gurus, and to our presenting sponsor this week, Golf PEI. Uh, golf Prince Edward Island is a premier golf destination, boasting the most golf courses per capita in the country, with over 400 fairways closer than you can possibly imagine, top-tier accommodations, and exquisite culinary experiences. I guarantee they are exquisite. It is the easiest golf vacation that you will ever book, so book your golf vacation and your tee times at golfpei.ca. Um, glad for you to tune in, listen Thank or watch, much. whatever it is that you like to do. Be sure to continue to follow us across all of our social media networks on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us and click the notification bell to make sure that you don't miss any episodes in 2023. Uh, Get over to flagstick.com for amazing golf tent delivered every single day. And now that we're kind of winding into the uh, product (laughs) season, there will be plenty of content put up there every single day so get over there at flagstick.com and check it out Uh, as always we do appreciate you tuning in until next week i am jeff botter i'm scott mcleod and remember always go for the stick